Woo, Christmas is over. How many of you are glad? It's okay. <laughs> Jesus is still alive, so it doesn't make a difference whether, whether you're glad Christmas is over or not. Jesus is still alive, so we're not doing anything with him, right? And he was still born, and he was still our baby, giving us salvation. How many got anything new? Anybody get anything new for Christmas? Let's do a survey. How many people either are wearing or brought something with them they got for Christmas? Wow! Either y'all aren't awake yet, or you didn't have near the Christmas first service did. I'm just saying. Every one of their hands. I had a few people putting two hands up in first service. It's fun to get new stuff though, right? I know some of you right now are, are over-spiritualizing Christmas. Oh, no, no, preacher, it's really about giving. It's not about getting. I know that's true. I'm okay with that. I'm not talking about being a taker, but let's be honest. I'm, I'm really big on honesty, right? It's nice to get new stuff, isn't it? Yes, it is. Sometimes it's nice to get a new job. Sometimes it's nice to get new shoes. I told first service, I was walking down the aisle before church started and my shoe broke. So at some point in the next few weeks, I probably will go get another pair of dress shoes or just not ever wear dress shoes again. Well, I'm not, I haven't decided yet, but it's nice to get new stuff, right? Christmas morning, it's fun as parents to watch your kids get new stuff because their eyes light up for two seconds and then they play with the box. It's fantastic, Right? <laughs> Even as adults, how many of us haven't at some point wanted a new job? Anyone? How many of us haven't wanted a new car? How many of us haven't wanted a new house? How many of us haven't wanted a new pair of clothes, a new set of clothes, or some new shoes? We all like to get new stuff. It's okay. God made us this way. It's not anti-spiritual to want something new. But I want to talk to you today about the best new thing you've ever been offered or you've ever received in your life. Because that's where we really want to talk about getting new stuff. Colossians chapter 3. And I'm just going to tell you, we're going to cover from verse 1 through 17. There's like... There's at least three real good sermons in there, whole whole sermons. There's at least three. I'm only going to preach one today. Relax. I'm not going to preach three. We're still going to get you out of here in time to eat. But we're going to kind of go over some things. We're going to kind of glaze over some stuff that some of you might be looking in there and you say, man, this is great stuff. Yes, there's great stuff in there that may not be covered. But I know it's there. I just am trying to get the main point for today's sermon. Maybe if I ever get to preach again. Oh, I forgot my I forgot my disclaimer. Paul didn't tell me. He, he's my response. He, he's supposed to keep me in line, and he doesn't do a very good job. But <laughs> if you're new with us today, I make this disclaimer every time I preach because I, I don't know everybody that goes to church here. I am not Rex. Rex is our senior pastor. He does a fantastic job. I'm very proud to be part of True North Church, and he does an excellent job. If you do not like today's sermon, please come back and give Rex a chance. Okay? Fair enough? All right, don't don't hold today against the church, because this is only once every once in a great while when Rex is somewhere else, they let me out of the cage. And so 
please don't hold it against Rex. Okay, everybody okay with that? This means yes, this means no. Everybody's okay with that? Okay. All right, everybody in Colossians chapter 3 now, let's read. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Now I want you to jump down to verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then verse 17, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. What's the best gift you've ever been given? Now you can give me a spiritual answer. It's new life in Christ, right? If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you've made a commitment to live for him, you will never get a better present than what God gives you. And I'm going to help you understand that. In verses 1 through 4, we get to see what's new. Because what's the, what do you do when it's Christmas time and people are opening gifts? If you're the husband, oftentimes it's waiting to see what you got them, Right? There's, there's a lot of guys out there who know what I'm talking about. There's some women who know what I'm talking about, too. <laughs> I do all the shopping. Well, <laughs> Jesus loves us, though, right, guys? So when people are opening presents, we're sitting there with bated breath to see what they're going to get. What's new? Jesus tells us this through his apostle Paul. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Remember what that just said, okay? Christ is at the right hand of God. That's going to be important. You're going to need to know that here in a minute. There's going to be a test. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world... You will share in all his glory. I usually, when I preach, there's three different points. I usually, I, 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 I learned old homiletics, usually there's three points. I'm going to tell you, if you don't get point one, point two, and point three are going to be useless to you. Point one's pretty important, all right? Where did Paul say Christ is? Where does he say it? God's right hand, right here, right? God, Christ. Yeah, everybody understand that? Now, let's look at this. Remember I told you this was going to be important. You're going to have to remember this. Look at this. Verse 3, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with, starts with a C, rhymes with Christ. With Christ. 
right? And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Let that sink in for a minute. You see, what we miss as Christians is how cool our life really is. How many high school and college people do I? Last, I first heard kids last time, and I know it's college, you're not kids anymore, you're adults. But how many people do we have in high school and college? In the, one? <laughs> Paul, we need to have a talk. I'm just teasing. How many of you that are maybe, and some of us may be able to remember, how many of you have been told as a high school person or a college person, when you get something to this effect, when you get in the real world, when you have to live a real life? Anybody heard that before? When, one of these days you're going to have to be in the real world and then you'll need to know this stuff. Right? And my kids are like, hey man, I've heard that all day, I've heard that all the time. I, do it respectfully, but I want you to see, and I want you to remember this the next time somebody tells you that. Because when an adult tells you, one of these days you're going to be in the real world, you can say to them, I know, and I'll be right beside Jesus. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Where is my real life at? Is my real life my job? Is my real life parenting? Is my real life as a spouse? Is my real life shopping? Is my real life cooking? Is my real life doing laundry? Is my real life washing my clothes and hanging them up? What is my real life? What Paul says is my real life is hidden with Christ at the right hand of God. This life that I'm living, it used to bug me when I was a because people used to tell me that, well, one of these days when you're in the real world, you'll have to make adult decisions. Yeah. I want to say, what is this? Fake? Is, am I living a fake life? Is this is that a fake test? So it's okay that I failed it? I don't I don't know. What do you mean when I get to the real world? My real life. Even what we're doing as adults now is not our real life as Christians. Whoa, preacher. That's what Paul says, isn't it? And what do we wrap our life in? This world, right? We make this the real world. We make this the real life. We make this all that really matters. And verse 4 is the best. You thought this stuff was good. Verse 4 is the best one of them all. Listen to this. When Christ, who is your life, in case you forgot, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. In 1989, the Delta Panther wrestling team won the state championship. Big fanfare. I know they've done it again several times since then, but this was the first one, and it was when I was in high school, so it matters to me. We had this big get-together, big pep rally, and everybody, and all these people, oh, yeah, woo, good job, wrestler, woo. You know what they didn't do? They didn't bring me down. They didn't ask me to come down and be cheered for. 
They didn't put me up on the stage and they didn't give me a ribbon and they didn't give me a medal. You know why? I wasn't a wrestler. (laughs) Why would I? Look at what Paul says. Don't miss this. Remember I told you point one was important. If you miss point one, you're gonna, nothing's going to make sense the rest of the day. Point one says, when Christ is revealed, you're going to share in all of his glory. Let me help you make sense of that. Jesus is going to bring you on stage and give you a ribbon. You're going to be there. The Cleveland Cavaliers win the big, win the national championship, every big parade and all that kind of stuff. You're going to get up on the float beside God. And, and, and all of the glory that's been reserved for Jesus Christ, you yourself are going to share in all of it. That's huge, isn't it? We don't think that way as Christians, do we? Oh, heaven's going to be pretty cool. I get a hole in one every time I play golf. I beat my kids in the sports that they play and can beat me in. It's fantastic. Oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask God all of these questions. When you get to heaven, you're going to share in the glory of Jesus Christ. You see why I said you've got to get point one? Does that change anybody's outlook on life? And when you understand what Paul says, that you're going to share in all of God's glory, he doesn't say you're going to get a piece of it. He doesn't say you'll get a little bit. Eh, little, oh, hey, here's a shout out to Brian. You're going to share in all of his glory. That's why verse 10, I mean, that's why verse 5 is a little bit easier to swallow. Put to death. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Yeah, easy for me to say. With sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Ooh, I should have skipped that one, sorry. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. What's really important in those few verses right there? I myself say it's the first phrase. Put to death. Does everybody understand death? Death means no longer living, right? When we die, those of us that are in Christ will be raised at some point, but there's no more talking to those people and getting a response from them. Dead. Dead means dead. Paul says, all of those things that are part of your earthly nature, put them to death. You see what I think we do? Maybe I'd just say me, okay? What I do, I don't want to include you in my sinfulness. What I do is I put those things to sleep. You know what? The, everybody understand the difference in sleep and death? Sleep, I can go wake up, right? 
I can go shake them and put the dog on, let the dog lick their face and wake them up. Death, I can't. Paul says, put to death, get rid of, not put to sleep. But you see, we like to put it to sleep because I might need that again. I might need that relationship that I'm supposed to be out of. I might need it later because the relationship that I'm currently in may not work out real well, so i got to have something there, so let's put it to sleep. I may need that anger that's inside of me at some point, so let's just put it to sleep. Not not get rid of it. There might, there are, I'm sure there's some time my kids are going to need me to be angry. So I'm just going to kind of put that to sleep. Those, those friends that I have that I know do nothing but make me less like Christ. Ah, don't kill them. But we can put them out of our lives, can't we? We got to pray for them. Oh, some of those funny jokes I have. They, I know they're not really good, but they, they're funny and I won't. I, I might need to get a laugh sometime, so let me keep those. Paul says, put it to death. And I know Paul is kind of a jerk, right? He's kind of mean. He's, he's kind of, he always kind of comes from the, he, he seems to come from the negative side. Some people will say Paul didn't really like women and that kind of stuff. So Paul's not really thought of as a nice guy. Probably because he started out as Saul killing people. That, that has a way of setting the tone for the rest of your life. When you're a murderer, it's kind of hard to get past that. <clears throat> Jesus is much nicer, right? People would say Jesus is, Jesus is thought of more kinder and maybe a little more easy to talk to, right? How many of you would say that? It's okay. Yeah? What did Jesus say about this? This one, you might want to go back to Paul. What do you say about your eye? If your eye causes you to sin, pop it out. Pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, whack, cut it off. It's better for you to go to heaven with no eyeball or no hand than to end up in hell. How many of you want to go back to Paul? I told you. But he says, put to death, and what we do is we keep those things around. Now you understand why point one was so important, because if you don't understand how cool your life is with Christ, when I say put to death all of those things that give you your identity right now, when I tell you to put to death all of those things that make you have fun now, when I tell you to put to death all those things that you think are important now, you don't want to unless you understand that you're making a sacrifice for somebody who's going to give you glory. The problem is we don't want to sell out. The heart of the issue with most of us as Christians is we don't want to get sold out for Christ. We're not really sure because Paul says in verse 3, your new life, your real life is what? Hidden. It's hidden. We can't see it yet. But it's hidden with Christ at the right hand of God. You're going to join with Christ in all of the glory of the magnificent Savior of the world someday. So put it to death. Understand that your life is supposed to be about Christ. 
Verse 10. What are we supposed to do with the old? Put it to death. We got something new. What do we do with the old? We put it to death. But how do I keep the new new? Because I want my new car to still be shiny 15 years from now. How do I do that? Verse 10 says this. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Let's stop for a minute. What's Paul really saying? I mean, do I have to figure out, or did you used to be civilized or uncivilized? Were you a barbarian at one time or not a barbarian? What? Do we really have to figure that out? What Paul is saying is this. The way the world labels you does not matter. The things that people think about you as you walk through your life don't matter. Whatever the world looks at and says, oh, you're pretty cool, or the world says, oh, you're an idiot. Whatever they say, whatever the world says, it doesn't matter because Christ is in all of us and really all that matters is Christ. That's simple. Isn't that cool? How many of you have been in situations before where you didn't really, people didn't really think very highly of you? Anyone ever been there? I'll I'll raise my hand. Paul says this. Now, don't take this out of context because you could walk out of here and say, well, Brian said, I got to care what you think. That is not what I'm saying. When my life is in Christ and when I'm living to serve Jesus and when I'm making him the priority in my life, it doesn't matter what the world sees me or how they want to label me. But I can't just go be a jerk to people and then say, well, I don't care what they think about me. So don't take that. When my life is in Christ, I'm with Christ. I'm a Christian. And whether I'm black or white, whether I'm Hispanic or Indian, whether I'm a guy or a girl, whether I'm a plumber or a president, whether I'm a policeman or a fireman, whether I'm whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I'm in Christ. Isn't that cool? I don't have to worry. I don't have to try and fit in. And then look at verse 12. Verse 12 is one of my favorite verses of Scripture. I won't say my favorite because there are people in here, if I said it was my favorite, the next time I preach, I would accidentally say that passage is my favorite, and you'd say, what you said last time. So this is one of my favorites. Since God chose you, to be the holy people he loves. Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves. Let that bounce around for a minute. How many know people that struggle with self-esteem? How many people struggle with, with, have mental struggles and emotional struggles as they grow up? Even as adults. This one verse of scripture 
if people could really understand this and believe it, would solve almost every self-esteem problem in the world. I know some of you are looking at me like, whoa, that's a step. But think about it. How many people struggle with self-esteem and and with emotions and, and have some mental struggles because they don't feel special? How many of you want to be, feel special to somebody? See, now i got to come back and preach honesty twice. We all want to be felt. We, we all want to feel like we're special, don't we? Every one of us. And when we don't feel special, that creates problems for us. Paul says this, since God, <laughs> with a big G, since God chose you don't jump past that don't just go oh that's nice think about that for a minute the creator of the universe chose you look down said i want you to be with me and whatever it takes i'll make it happen since god chose you to be The holy people. How many people struggle with their self-esteem because they've screwed up in life? So God couldn't really love me. He doesn't. He, oh. <laughs> mm. oh, if those people really knew my heart, if they really knew what I had done. God chose you to be holy. He makes you that way. He takes all of those sins that you have and wipes them out. As far as the east is from the west. They're gone. Does that help anyone that struggles with their self-esteem? I mean, think about it. And then finally he says, holy and loved. How many people have trouble because they don't feel loved? Does that create any issues for anybody? Sure it does. Absolutely it does. God chose you to be his holy and loved children. Does it get any better? I mean, is, can, can God do any more? He specifically chose you and made you holy and he loves you. Don't miss that. Don't, don't just kind of let that flow in one ear and out the other. Let it bounce around in there for a little bit. Maybe it doesn't work for you right now, but I can guarantee you, without question, you're going to run into somebody at some point in your life that's going to need to hear that message right there. Hey, I know you feel like you've screwed up more than you'll ever be able to come back from, but God made you holy, and he chose you. Hey, I know that you really struggle with feeling like your parents didn't love you or your spouse left you and you just don't feel special. Your kids don't do anything with you anymore. I know you feel like you're not really special, but God chose you. Hey, love really hasn't been good to you recently, and I'm sorry, but there's a God that loves you. Isn't that cool? 
Don't miss it. And then he says this in verse 17. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. When I was 10 years old, I wanted to give my life to the Lord. I, grew, I, I cut my teeth on the back of the Church of Christ pew in Delta. Delta Church of Christ on Providence. If you're from Delta, I'm, I would almost guarantee you've driven by it. I cut my teeth on the back of their pew. Ten years old, we had a preacher named Larry Carter. And I decided I wanted to give my life to Jesus. And Larry brought me in the office to talk to me before I did that. We had a little sit-down conversation. The knowledgeable pastor and the ten-year-old kid that has no idea what's going on, really, in life. But I knew I loved Jesus and I wanted to do what I was supposed to do. And Larry said this. Brian, for the rest of your life, once you accept Jesus as your Savior, for the rest of your life, however long you live, you're asking Jesus into your heart. For the rest of your life, Brian, every time you say something, you're asking Jesus to say it. Every time you do something, Brian... You're asking Jesus to do it. Every time that you watch something on TV, you're asking Jesus to watch that same thing on TV. Every time you go to some place, you're asking Jesus to go to that same place. Whoa. I was 10. There have been times in the couple years since then, only a couple, when I've wanted to do something or say something or go somewhere, and Larry's voice has been in, I can still hear it, in his voice. And I've said, whoa. Okay, okay, okay. Shut up, Larry. I'm done. I'm good. It's all good. But you know what else there have been? There have been times in my life when I heard Larry's voice and I did it anyway. And you know what I found out? First of all, I should have listened because it created problems for me. But the other lesson I learned is God didn't stop loving me. God didn't unchoose me. God didn't unholy me. I was still his child, still chosen by him. He still loved me enough to make me holy. In that verse 12 in the New International Version says, not just loved, it says dearly loved. (laughs) Dearly loved by the Creator. Isn't that cool? So what do you think of your new life? Some of you haven't ever accepted Jesus as your Savior. You don't know... 
You don't have this yet, but you can. Some of you accepted Jesus a while ago, and as happens with everything new, eventually becomes old, right? And some of us have let our relationship with the Lord become old. We've forgotten about the new life that he's promised us. We've forgotten about how fantastic that is. We've forgotten about the fact that someday we're going to share in his glory, in, in all of his glory, not just a couple pieces here and there. All of the glory that God gets. All of the glory that's bestowed on Jesus. He's going to come, when he comes back, what does the scripture tell us he's going to do? The sky's going to crack. Trumpets are going to sound. Jesus is going to come down. The people that have died but were with Christ when they died are going to rise to meet him in the air. It's going to be one cool show. You're going to know Jesus is coming back. Nobody's going to wonder. Nobody's going to say, oh, I wonder if that's Jesus. You're going to know. And when that happens, Jesus is going to call you on stage with him. He's going to say, yeah, yeah, look at this. All of this is yours too. Isn't it cool? Woohoo! I went to training with a lady from the Cleveland Police Department a few weeks ago. And she works at the, I don't even, I'm not an NBA fan. I'm not even sure what arena they play in. But she does security for the, for the Cleveland Cavaliers when they have games. So we're talking, and you know, oh, cool, yeah, we work for the Cavaliers. Ah, we have people who work for UT. We have, you know, the mud hens. Woo-hoo. <clears throat> and she said this. You know what happens when somebody wins a national championship? What does everybody get? A ring, right? Huge, big old ring about the size of my hand. So we're talking. She says, oh, yeah, I got a championship ring. Huh? Oh, yeah. I got a ring at home. What do you mean you got a ring at home? I didn't see you throwing an alley-oop to LeBron. I didn't see him fist-bumping you on the way down the court after a big dunk. I didn't see you setting a screen so he could get open. Why do you get a ring? Oh, because I'm part of the program. You've got to be kidding me. That's crazy. And then I started preparing this sermon. And I realized how biblical that is. Because it doesn't matter whether I'm a plumber. It doesn't matter if I show up and sweep the floors at the church. It doesn't matter if I just pray with people at home. I don't have to be Rex. I don't have to be Dave. I don't have to be Paul. If I am in Christ, if I'm in Christ, I'm going to share just the same way. I'm going to get a ring. Don't miss that. We're going to do something today. The worship team is going to come forward. And it's going to be a new year. What we've talked about today is a new life. And maybe it's a new way of seeing your life. And there's a chance that as 
the Lord has spoken this morning. The Spirit is working in your, in your heart. And I've spoken, we, we've spoken with some people that are going to just be up front. And if you would like to pray with one of those people that's up front, just, just go to one of them. We have a couple of, we have a couple of females, so females can pray with females. We have a couple of guys, so guys can pray with guys. We can put a couple together, whatever it takes. But we're going to spend some time, and in, in I, I kind of stole this from the vineyard. It's going to call ministry time, a chance for the Spirit to minister to you and for you to be ministered to. What happens when people come forward? I, I, I told you I grew up in a small, in a, in a, church, a church of Christ, and w- one of the things that happened in that church was the only people that went forward were the people that had really, really messed up and were going to rededicate their life to the Lord or people who had never accepted Jesus as their Savior and wanted to be baptized. That was basically the only people that came forward. But what happened in that is a lot of people missed the opportunity to be prayed for. And a lot of people missed the opportunity to be loved. And a lot of people missed the opportunity to actually get real and get serious about their relationship with God. I'm not going to lie. It takes humility to walk up here. Because one of the things that you're thinking is, what are people thinking while I'm walking up here? It takes courage. It takes humility. It takes being able to say to God, God, I want to get real with you. I don't want to walk out of here halfway. I I don't want to leave this place without getting gut level honest with you, God. And one of the ways I can do that is go forward and let people see that I actually want to be who you want me to be. And usually what happens is the people that see people come forward, they get blessed too. And I can tell you, they're not thinking, whoa, they must have really messed up. They're thinking, oh, Maybe I need that myself. Or they're thinking, man, I'm glad they're getting help. Man, I'm glad that, I'm glad that they have enough courage to be prayed for and to, and, and to be able to strengthen their relationship. It's not a guilt trip. But it's a time for the Lord to speak to you in a special kind of way. There's no pressure. I don't get paid anymore but it's a time for you to actually spend some quality time with Jesus and, and take what we've talked about and, and let the Lord work with you on that. If you feel like you would like to come forward, you don't have to, you don't even have to pray with somebody. You can come up here and pray up front. You can kneel down. You can stand up here. You can go to a corner. You can grab somebody near you. It doesn't matter. This is your time. We want to give you a chance to, to let the Spirit work in your life. I'm going to pray. As I pray, those people are going to make their way to the front. And we're going to sing. It's going to be your time. Let's pray. God, you are so gracious. God, I don't don't deserve any of the cool things that you've offered me. I, I don't deserve to stand... I don't deserve to stand on the podium when your glory is revealed. When, when, when everyone sees that you're real and everyone sees that they should have paid attention to you and everyone sees how wonderful you really are and everybody gets to go to heaven and all of this sunshine and all the fun things. God, I, I don't deserve that, but you chose me. And you took my 
You took my unholiness and made it holy. And you promised me to love me. God, there's people here today that need your love. There's people here today that need to know they're chosen. There's people here today that need to know how special they are to you. God, help them. So we have this time. Just speak to their hearts. In Jesus' name I pray.